Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and you're listening to the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast. What? in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that always tips at least 20%. My name is Greg D. I'm Jeannie Smicky. And on today's episode, we're taking a brief break from our shark shenanigans to welcome back some of our beloved film family members yes. as we talk the upcoming feature film, 2020's The Stylist. Woo! And whether you break through that glass ceiling or not, you can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your color and trim hole. And if your salon has Wi-Fi, you can find us out on social media. We're on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And of course, it is on the Book of Face, where we have an events tab, which again leads to... Shenanigans! And cyber shenanigans! And as this episode is releasing on Friday, September 18th, Screenland, if you are in the Kansas City area, or if you are beyond, they have you taken care of indoors. Outdoors. And virtually. And if you are in the Kansas City area on that very Friday... Ooh, we're going to get dirty. Yes, we are, as our latest Friday Night Fright takes us back all the way to 1983 and getting down and dirty with some sexy vampire shenanigans with 1983's The Hunger. Ooh, see this on the big screen? Just 50-foot Susan Sarandon, 50-foot David Bowie, and a 50-foot bulge? It's going to be great. No, that's that's Labyrinth. Yeah, that's That's Labyrinth. Although there is a pretty sexy shower scene in this one. Yeah. Uh, But again, of course, if you can't stay out late with us on Friday, the following Monday, we are replaying it. And to give you an idea of what's happening for next Friday Night's Fright, Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I think this is the ultimate Cronenberging Uh of a classic Cronenberg and creepy Cronenberg because we're getting prescient with Videodrome. Oh, long live the new flesh. Long live the new stream, yes. as it turns out. Absolutely, long I believe, live the new stream. I do believe that's where we could find that. But also indoors, we have showing The Last Unicorn. I've seen that. Exactly. The puzzled looks I'm getting is one of those underseen animated films from 1982, I believe. See, okay, but here's the thing. I watched this movie about a unicorn. When I was little, but it's not the last unicorn. It was like this crazy, dark, bizarro Legend? animated like movie where it was extremely violent, and extremely gory, and it wasn't the last unicorn. And it, it was, wasn't wizards. No, it wasn't wizards. But it was just this weird thing. So I always get those two confused. Well, hopefully then this won't trigger anyone's PTSD when they go in and screen this. I hope that, not. That could be bad. But another one that I know you are looking forward to, genius, is the director's cut of Friday. Fuck yeah! And you know this. Man, I cannot wait for this movie. I want to see it and knock everybody the fuck out. Great. Well, if you can survive that, then make sure to also check out a Superman double feature featuring Richard Do- the Richard Donner cut of both one and two. You will believe a man can fly. Absolutely. Now, if you're not ready to go indoors, then outdoors, they've got you covered as well. Friday night, I'm actually going to be hosting a screening of Christopher Guest's Best in Show. 
That movie is so good. I love Christopher Guest movies. I am really looking forward to that, especially anything with Fred Willard. Yeah. Every little bit of his business in that movie is... And I'm the one that was like, what what happened? happened? (laughs) (laughs) Well, then the following night on Saturday, another one, and let's go back back in time here. uh, Because we're going back to 1989 with Wayne's World. Oh, excellent. Party time. (laughs) That's There you go. (laughs) And now, if that's not enough for you here indoors, uh, coming up on Saturday... Virtually, we actually have our next Shutter Shoutout double feature. Mm-hmm. Modern Vampires. <laughs> and it would pair well, actually, with Friday Night's with Fright. With hunger, very. Because a lot of sex and blood. As it turns out, we're going to be viewing a Shutter exclusive, The Shed. Uh-huh. And then following up with Joe Baby Bigus's Bliss. <laughs> Bliss is crazy. I fucking love that movie. And you can check out, now that of course is free, just go to Shutter.com and check, mm-hmm. uh, watch that. But if you would like a customized pre-show, introduction to the films, trailer reel for each film, mm-hmm. and then a discussion afterwards. Where we're going to be tippity-tapping along with you, and we want to know what you think. Absolutely. Just head on down to Screenland Patreon. That is right. Be pa- part of the film family. Head on over there. And speaking of the film family and Patreon and Screenland, here in the month of October... Oh, what is it, genius? Three more weeks till Nerdoween, Nerdoween, Nerdoween. Three more weeks till Nerdoween. All hail Satan. That's right, kids. It's almost time for our annual Nerdoween triple feature, all revolving around the Dark Lord. So bring your masks and don't forget your costumes for the costume contest. October 10th, Screenland Armor. That's right, kids. It's time. It's time. All hail the Dark Lord. Absolutely. Whether you call him Old Scratch, Beelzebub. This is going to be a great. We finalized the lineup, and like this lineup is fantastic. Well, this is our sixth Nerdoween horror movie marathon, and we thought go full on in with the six six six. 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 Hail Satan! Hail Satan! And we had again. We did finalize the lineup. Now, also finalized lineup. All the month of Shocktober. The month of October is Shocktober, and it's going to be great. So much. Good stuff. So head over to Screenland.com. They will take care of all your uh, in, in the indoor, outdoor, and virtual needs. And speaking of those outdoor needs, mm-hmm. on October 17th... I'm so fucking stoked for this. October 17th, Twin Drive-In and Independence. We are showing the Horror Club is Horror at the Drive-In again with our diabolical double feature of Pumpkinhead and Trick or Treat. Not the Sammy Kerr one, so you can turn on the radios, but the Trick or Treat one. And we're going to have a horror-themed swapping shop with all local vendors right beforehand. The best part about it, $10 a carload. Now, should they go killer clowns and just all pile in? Oh, fuck yeah. Get as many as you can. Get the Jeepers Creepers van. Just throw everybody in. Not Jeepers Creepers himself. Yeah, no, no, just no. The That's van. Yeah, no, no, thank you. We'll, we'll scrub <laughs> just, clean just, of that just one. Just the van. Trust us. And uh, a number of things that are coming up here with the Kansas City Horror Club, but also the end of October, virtually, Panic Film Fest are bringing us trick and treats. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a virtual film festival that is featuring full features, shorts, and a number of different live events. Full features, shorts, and shenanigans. Ah, that should be the tagline there. Now head on over to panicfilmfest.com slash tricks, where you can submit your full-length feature, short, or events and shenanigans. Or shenanigans. <laughs> and that's going to be going on the weekend of October 31st to November 1st. And yeah, Submissions I'm, are open now. Yes. And so... 
throw them out there. And we I guarantee want to see them. we want to see your movies. Oh yeah, and I guarantee once the lineup is revealed, we'll go ahead and start promoting that. And I do know that we are also going to be involved here now. I suppose we're trying to sell tickets. I should. Yeah, we're going to we, be involved slightly. We want you to join, but yeah, we're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah just a tip of the tier there. Now we've been talking film family and Patreon, so it is about time. We are now in our fifth month of Patreon exclusive content, so it's time to get a little shout out to a. Bellies. Our next Patreon pally here goes with the familiar face phenomenon uh-huh. that we've talked about. But more in particular, this particular one is a continued face that we see, especially on your side, genius. Yes. Joel Mack is fucking rad. Like he <laughs> That's a ringing endorsement. <laughs> right? He's come to film club events. He's come to different events and hosts that we show. He's always down for a good genre movie. Him and his entire family are super super cool. They, everything about them, they they're very they know their film, they know their shit and they will have no problem telling you what they think of the movies. And I thoroughly respect that. And like the fact of the matter is we've seen a lot of cool weird shit with Joel. So <laughs> well, and especially through Film Club. Yes. I do believe he may have been there for Lure. Yeah. When we had The Walkout, which was one of my all-time favorites. <laughs> I do believe he was there for Tommy. Yeah, he definitely was there for Tommy. Um, not sure if we are the flesh, but oh boy. if you were... <laughs> and what you're not seeing, but what you're hearing will make even a billy goat barf, my friend. Okay, that is intense <laughs> stuff. But we do appreciate the support, Joel, and we cannot wait to see you again. Yeah, dude, when you're ready to come back, man, we'll be there waiting for you with open arms. Absolutely, and we will only elbow bump and not, you know, hug. Quite yet. But if you would like us to plug and promote anything you're working on and wax your car a little, all you have to do is come become a member of our film family at patreon.com slash nightmare junkhead. Be a belly. It's for jagging off. <laughs> we'll get to 10 to midnight eventually here. But let's be honest. 2020 has been... Fucking sucks, man. This is some bullshit year. This is a bullshit, bullshit year. <laughs> I, well, I was going to say definitely kind of a shitstorm, but I think that one definitely <laughs> epitomizes a little bit more. We've Everyone has gone through the ringer this year, and it's so bizarre because the year itself started off so promisingly. January and February were just so nice and wonderful. It and seems like 10 years ago. It really <laughs> seems like 10 years ago. Well, and the point of everything is I try to take solace now in anything... Anything that happens that's good, yeah. that's positive, especially within the realm of, you know, my friends, immediate friends, family. Especially when it's huge. Oh, 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 and it is huge. Now, that being said, I challenge anyone listening to go back all the way back to episode 196 to listen to our initial, the, the, the start of the tale that we're going to be uh, telling here, tale that we're telling. Oh, that's horrible alliteration. Arr, sit down and we'll <laughs> spin a yarn. But this is um, an idea. It started with something that started with an idea. It became a short. It became a feature. And all along the way, we have been lucky enough to kind of see and be involved even a little bit mm-hmm. with this process. And it's been humbling. It's been it's exciting. Been a, it's been an honor. Legit. It, it's been like, because like I was saying off mic, it's always great to be a part of something that your friends are doing. It's always great to see that your friends are doing something awesome, but it's also even more great when they're doing something enormously huge, enormously awesome, and they're generous enough to let us dip our toe in that pool. So, like, I couldn't, on without any hyperbole or anything, I could not be happier or prouder 
for the people we're about to talk to. And the people we're talking to, you definitely did here on episode 196. So we're going to do a little style and roll call. Now, you know, you may know our next guest as one of the greatest couples working in cinema today. <laughs> they both wear multiple hats, but for today, they wear the cinematographer and production design. <laughs> Welcome back, Robert Patrick Stern and Sarah Sharp. What's up, y'all? What's up? How's I think we're a little early on the music cue. That was for them. Oh, that was for them? That was their oh. intro music. Damn, they got intro music? I didn't even know we had wow. intro music. I, Hell yeah. I didn't realize you all were getting intro music either. I'm super excited. Yeah, well, in 196 we didn't, but now we do in, in this episode. <laughs> You've gone through the hazing. You are right. now officially part of the family. Yeah, we're in. And again, from basement to the, the comfort of your own home, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having us. This is uh, dope. Of course, of course. Now, you know our last guest as the goth gangster princess, but more importantly, <laughs> she is the director of the feature film The Stylist. Ladies and gentlemen... <laughs> G G P. Jill Gavargazion. You guys already got me tearing up at the <laughs> opening up of this thing. Now here's the problem. I don't know <laughs> Hello, everyone. any of those songs that you all just played. <laughs> I played the same song, but it was a stylist dance party song, and it's become a stylist song. Anthem theme song. Yeah. It, we have a playlist, but it's one of our anthems. That's true. An anthem list. I got to put this playlist together to share with everyone. Is, are you gonna put? <laughs> are you gonna put it under a music to scalp by? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get scalping and everything, uh, this is the opportunity for you guys. Go ahead, plug and promote social media. Uh, where can our listeners find you specifically? We'll get to the film here in just a second. At Jill Six. With two X's at all the places. <laughs> at all the places. You are very uh, social savvy. You are like everywhere you want to be. And it's pretty awesome. Uh, I got to work play that game. <laughs> you're all about that. All about that social life. Uh, Robert, Sarah, where can we find you guys out on the interwebs? Well, we're not <laughs> as socially aware as people <laughs> is. Um, not sure anyone is in life. I but... handle their social media. <laughs> yeah, she kind of does a lot of the heavy lifting, like 99% of it, and then we just repost it. Um, but at Film Street is my handle. You can send me an email. Sarah is mysterious. <laughs> What's an email? Yeah. I know, we're almost getting to that point. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, Honestly, you're probably better off not on social media. <laughs> yeah. At least we're not having it still right by like Quill and shit. Like, <laughs> if you'd like to get a hold of me, please put it, put, send a self addressed stamp envelope to P.O. Box. Blah, 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 blah. Forget about it. I'm going old school with pigeons, my friend. Like, that's, <laughs> that, that's to me the future. Holy shit, it's the Birdman. It could be. So, obviously, a lot has occurred since we all last met, even on our last episode. In fact, when you all were here the last time in the comforts of my basement, you were in the midst of launching the initial Kickstarter for the feature film, The Stylist. And ever since then, it's happened. So if you could, from episode 196, <laughs> when we were talking about the Kickstarter, um, we were even in the midst, we didn't know necessarily if the, the goal was going to be met. So the process, the journey itself, um, and anyone can kind of jump out here, 
now that you've got the finished product, do you do you look back on that now and just like, like shit, we did it. Like uh, what what's what's the reflection like right now? Uh, <laughs> is reflection a bad thing? Maybe we are. I don't feel like I'm there yet. Uh, it's a wild reflection. It's very surreal that people are going to see it yes. soon. Um, yep. That's like both exciting and terrifying at the same time. <laughs> um, I don't know. Y'all like say some things. Crazy spot to be in. I mean, it's one of those things where like. I still think about July 17th of last year when Jill sent us the first email. <laughs> and that's and that's just like a crazy thing to think about that that was like I had an early call time that morning and I had that single email from Jill in my <laughs> inbox. Now I have Now he gets this. about 20 each morning. I have to set up a whole another inbox cuz of Jill. Um <laughs> But uh yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah, from July 17th that email hit and this thing just kind of just took off into the sky. I mean, it was just You like, know that date for certain? That's awesome. I I, I did look it back up. <laughs> but, um, um, only because I knew I was going to have to talk on it. So I sent him that crazy email. I was like, let's make this movie for like $2 or something. How can we do it for the smallest amount of money? Let's make it now. Money. Yeah. But at the, even when we were doing the Kickstarter, I couldn't have imagined that we would finish the movie this quickly. Well, I still don't I, believe I remember, that. <laughs> I remember during the Kickstarter, there was like, are we going to make it? Are we going to make it? And then finally, towards the last minute, only did you make it, but you made it to a couple more tiers higher. So what was like that right. whole like biting, was you like biting your nails? Like, is this really going to happen? Is this really going to happen? And then all of a sudden, like, this is going to beyond happen. What was that? Well, that only happened maybe the last two or three days. Yeah. And that's, it's weird. That's like the statistics of Kickstarters is when you do, a lot of people wait till the end. But I was just hoping we would just barely get, you know, to the finish line. And then when we jumped up that far, I was like, oh my God, like the donations just kept coming in and we were just freaking out. But we are so thankful to all those Kickstarter backers back out there. Thank you for helping us make this movie. Big time. The, all those great people set it off for sure. It was, I mean, maybe it was nerve wracking. I don't really think it was, but. Um, <laughs> Jill, Jill Sarah said, shakes her head. It was not nerve wracking. Bob's like, oh, we'll make it. We still have 20 I, grand to make in four days to go. I just think when you like believe that. in it, it just kind of like it was just going to find a way. Like if it was going to get made, that was going to happen. So I just had faith in it and just kind of faith in what Jill had done her research on already. So it was like, we need to like hang with it, you know, like we need to hang with the information that she already knew and provided us with. So kind of just got to let it do its thing, you know. Kind of let it, just the, the organic kind of growth. And also, again, having a sneak behind everything, it really makes me appreciate all the preparation oh, that yeah. goes into making a film. And that's just, you know, beyond, you know, the scouting locations and every watching yeah. you guys, the organization, the notes, just it was, it was meticulous and really made me appreciate everything that goes into be, before a, for the first roll of film is put together. Mm-hmm. All the work that you guys are doing, it's it's very humbling again and it's very eye-opening it makes me appreciate everything else that i see up on the big screen and the small screen um well they say you should make 
make your movie before you start shooting. So you've like made, you know, every decision yep. to every well, little he, detail. Your, your movie's made in pre-production. That's, that's how, I mean, when you're actually there to shoot it, you're just capturing all the work you put in before then executing it. You're, you can't be making the movie while you're making the movie. It just won't work out that well, but yeah. you got to make it beforehand. If that <laughs> makes sense. Well, I can definitely say um, I was lucky enough, and Jay, Genius and I will kind of discuss our, our little background we had in helping out the film, but um, I was lucky enough, you guys shot in my house for an evening. When I, should, when I say an evening, oh, no problem, no problem. My, my apologies to everyone in the crew, especially anyone in the basement, because Lola <laughs> was not used to having that many people around, and she's not a gassy dog usually. <laughs> But there was something I think with all those people. Oh, she. I was, didn't hear anything about such. No, but you. And I was down contract. there for a while. Wasn't in any of the audio, so we're good. Oh, that's good. That's good. No, trust what me. What the fuck, Claire? <laughs> <laughs> she was very much on the SBD side as it is, but it was fascinating because the first bit of crew came in about four thirty in the afternoon. The last person to leave was probably like about seven forty-five that next morning. It was incredible to see everything being put together. Again, all the work going into that sh that scene that was shot, and I'm sitting there just like marveling at everything. Oh, we Bill? had people extra early that day because <laughs> we had snow. People removing the snow from your freaking street because <laughs> we're insane. We're insane and shot a movie in the winter in, in Kansas City where it's snowing one day and then bright and sunny the next, and we couldn't have it snowing in the scene so we're doing and i remember even talking to our production uh manager austin that day asking like how could we afford removing snow what's happening <laughs> but it was amazing and it we needed the snow to be gone well and uh, that's did did you all plan for that initially or was that one of those that comes up at the last minute and you have to deal with it that's an excellent example of why you make your movie in free pro because there's <laughs> so much crap that you can't remotely even prep, like prepare for in free pro. So it's like it's nice that you have the, your day figured out. You have the most ideal situation ready when you wake up that day to find out that it is snowed and you need to find someone to remove the snow. So. Anyway, that was, that's a great example of why you make your movie in prep. Why, why you make your movie in yeah. prep, and then have multiple backup plans to yeah. to and, to make it work if that doesn't exactly happen. And why you carry cash, kids? Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> always have some cash. Have that petty cash in your production department or your production team because that'll help. That also helps. That's also how you get snow removed. Yeah. We definitely discussed the weather being like all over, but. You have to decide, like, you either establish it snowing in the movie at a certain point or it's not. And we don't shoot chronologically, so that's a ter that's like the only scary thing that we had no idea what what's going to happen weather-wise every day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> More than, like, one day ahead of time, you know? Yeah. Well, then yeah. that's a question I'm going to pose to both of you, Robert and Sarah, in terms of the shooting for this film and, of course, the production. Now, also, I should say, Sarah, one thing that I really appreciate as a production designer is your van and obviously I the the Tetris like maneuvers you did with all the stuff <laughs> in the van it was another thing that was super intimidating because I'm like oh my goodness that's like the entirety of the film 
is in that van. <laughs> and but the black pearl. The set decorations. <laughs> it was, it was. And that's, again, those are the little things that I don't think people think enough is everything that's going on, the more natural the background looks, the more work probably that someone went in to yeah. making it look like that. And again, it was another one of those moments where I'm like, God, blessed, there is so much work going on for just like a snippet of a shot. Um, what was it like now going for, for you, Sarah, going through this film, especially like more of a, it's a character piece, but it's a horror film. Um, mm-hmm. What was that like? Did that bring in any kind of a, a challenge for you uh, in terms of you know produ- producing that? Uh, I think the thing that, well, producing is like it's a whole different thing, but I think the thing as a production designer is, especially for this, because like everything in the movie, we I wanted to feel, especially if it wasn't Olivia's space, like I, I like stuff to feel like used, which actually logistically gets really hard in horror films because of gore. So like, you don't really get the vintage thing. You can't get the actual vintage thing because if it gets blood on it, then it, you know, you're like, there's just all the logistics going in, going into that. And uh, the resets. Too. The re- yeah. The resets that, you know, you're not buying this stuff at, you know, you don't buy five of them at Walmart because you don't want it to look like it came from Walmart. You want, and anyway, I, I, I don't know. I mean, the film itself, I feel like I've been like thinking about it since the short film. And Jill had such a clear vision in the short film that it seemed like melding into this was pretty easy. Like the most hilarious email I got from Jill during prep was I like put all these like look pictures together and all this stuff and like cracked down for like a whole night. I was like, I can't, I'm not going to produce anything tonight. I have to like make all this inspiration to show Jill. And Jill responded to that email like three weeks later saying, what? You, yeah. Saying, and the whole email was, you get it. And, and I was like, oh, this is going to be great. So, but, but it was, but the, it was, Jill's like always had, had a vibe she liked and like carrying it over from the short but that Mm -hmm. was definitely the shortest email i got from jill potentially this entire process (laughs) (laughs) what (laughs) well i wasn't worried i was like she gets it i don't even respond to it you are a woman (laughs) a few words you're very short and powerful words you don't need to you're good you're good As producers, do you find when working with like a director like like Jill? No, is it <laughs> is it much more easier to work with when the director has a clear cut vision of what they want or or what they don't want, or is it on director <laughs> by director case? Oh, well, I think I know what Sarah's about to say here. Um, <laughs> it's definitely director by director. I think it kind of depends on if you don't have a vision, you have to have a lot of trust. If you don't have Which a vision, is- you're not directing. I would, I would debate. You know, like that's really the director. That's like all they are providing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Situationally, it gets yeah. tricky because if if that is a scenario where you have to then start providing options. That gets a lot more expensive and time-consuming. Yeah, I, I think. Um, it, but the rest of it can be a lot more efficient creatively. Yeah, I think it really depends on like there are some I've worked with directors who like just like didn't like they don't care what the space is that these actors are interacting. They just know this is the emotion that needs to be conveyed in wherever they're at. So whatever makes that. So I think it kind of dep- it, it really just depends on the person. A person that can't make decisions. Like if we want to add a third category, 
Like, yeah, I that, think that could be interpreted as vision, though, just described differently, you know, like yeah. emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. So these these paths get a little complicated, but, you know, it's all about like the, what goes on screen. So mm -hmm. do we have more time to, you know, create and just tailor something a little bit further because the decision's been made and then we can just tweak it another 10% make it better? Or do we got to provide like six different options and wait for someone to decide which is that. And then therefore that rest of the creativity doesn't really show on screen. You know, there's all these different paths to it. Well, I've definitely noticed the level of collaboration that goes on uh, before, during, and I assume after. Um, my question then, and Robert shooting this movie, um, especially, you know, the one, the, the scene in my house, because I'm going to take it back to what I'm familiar with here. Uh, but again, <laughs> seeing everything that went on and almost the, I don't want to spoil anything, but there were some, there were some surreal like looks that was going on. Um, and that's not just Jill coming out of the bathtub all creepy. No, that was, <laughs> that was many moons ago. Um, but I'm curious, how do you approach that, especially given the, the specific style, no pun intended, of the film because it is a stylish movie very much so yeah so how, how i approach the um just what? like the design elements of like your place I yeah mean, and because it was it just it, it's like just i'll never be able to recreate that look again but i remember going oh my god it looks like 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 i'm dreaming down here on my first floor it was incredible um yeah yeah, yeah walk me through not that scene but just how do you to set up a, a to shoot a scene like that, um, just the process behind it. Cause like I said, I was fascinated with everything that was going on just to get to the moment where, you know, Jill says, you know, action. And then we start shooting, but all the stuff that comes up before the mm -hmm. fog, the, the, the lighting, all that stuff. How do you, how do you go into that? Yeah. So I'll give you a decently short version <laughs> of it, but I'll keep it juicy at the same time. Let's see. <laughs> So like, I mean, it really starts from like the script and we have two amazing screenwriters and a story creator on this that like refined it to the point where the script tells me where to put the camera. And like, mm. you know, I consider myself just a translator in a way. I'm just there to translate it. Like when I look at something, I have my process, but I know exactly where the camera's supposed to be. And then somebody like Jill helps me like go, well, it might be just a little bit there or a little bit different than what you're thinking and keeps me kind of in check a bit. But like overall, I pretty much know where camera goes every single time. So from there, I start working from the background forward. So I start designing our backgrounds without using too many spoilers here. Um, I put it all the way, like in, when we're on the street in front of your house, Greg, I put extra street lights in. So our team implemented not not uh like we didn't live not just only in the street lights around your house but then we put in other street lights with different color contrast further down the road we hit them behind trees you know and then we also played off the wetness of the street after the snow removal and then from there i just worked my way to the mid-ground which might be no spoilers there's things in the mid-ground <laughs> that i can't really talk about um and then working into like the close-ups and other pieces that are the focus of what we're shooting and then from there, it's just composing, movement, blocking, and the little bits in between, you know, our lighting environment. The, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm not simplifying as well as I thought I could, but um, well, yeah. Well, that scene, I don't want to not talk about specifics, but it is yeah. a scene uh, where Claire's losing her mind. So we're trying to, it was a design 
design-wise, very different than the rest of the film because she's very, in a very, very different place. Um, very so dark, that come, very that dark from, like, place. That <laughs> comes from like lighting ratios, you know. So then we start playing with the highlight to shadow ratio and the gradient gradient in between, and then we start playing with color contrast and really like I have to be able to see a scene within an act within a movie and make sure it's all lining up correctly. And then from there, like we design that scene specifically around the fact that we're absent of all the other colors that we've designed with, with Sarah and Jill, they have their color palettes mm -hmm. per person per scene. But then for your house specifically, Greg, we have to then contrast everything that we've used up till that point and after that point. So there's a lot of different decisions compositionally, you know, are we, are we heavy left? Are we heavy right? You know, are we center justified? You know, all these different things come into play. And um, I don't know, I guess that's what I love about this. Hopefully none of y'all see any of that because my job is to make it invisible. And that's just it. That's what's crazy is when it works, we probably shouldn't know. We Correct. shouldn't realize that we're watching a film. We should kind of be lost into that. So my question to you then, Jill, is a first-time feature director, um, what was it like then working with, you know, obviously Rob and Sarah you've worked with before, but um, how did you feel commanding an entire crew of people? Because even in, in the midst of my house, we had a lot of people in there for just that one scene. And that was the other thing that blew my mind, <laughs> the amount of yeah. people it takes to make this movie work. So what was that like for you? I mean, that scene, whatever, but because you and I, are, we're, we're, we're kin that way of just the little introverts. So what's that like? live a little for me <laughs> i don't feel like i'm commanding a group of people <laughs> but that's more tom the assistant director <laughs> but that, um that's true. that's true yeah uh as far as yeah being kind of introverted and shy in a lot of the respects um i don't know i go i go into each day like telling myself like you're making decisions quick. Like in pre-production, you can think about things, but like t today's just like, go, go, go. Um, it's like a crazy amount of pressure that I think it's like I'm addicted to that feeling or something. Cause sometimes mm -hmm. I'm like, am I crazy? Cause it's half horrifying, but obviously insanely exciting. Um, I don't know, man. No, and then honestly, this, the, how big this team was, I had no idea our team was going to be this big, I think, until I was on set the first day. And I'm like, where are all these people from and how did this happen? <laughs> um, when did you have that incredible. moment where you're like, like, oh, shit. Holy shit. We're shooting the this stylist. I don't even know. <laughs> that question goes to everybody. Maybe I, asked that all, maybe I said that all the time. <laughs> oh, um, crap. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, again. So we talk, you talked a little bit about crowds and a lot of people. As a cinematographer, as a production designer, as director, do you find it easier, difficult, or a whole different animal dealing with a small, intimate, one- or two-person setting versus like a large group setting? Because you have a multiple group settings and multiple like intimate shots in this movie. And that's a nice transition from the intimacy of the, sh the scene shot at my house <laughs> to what I know Genius was involved in. And uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute because I want to apologize. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's and I guess I'll I guess I jumped this here, but for me, it's the same. 
For me, I'm still oh, give me a I'm break, clever. Rob. What? <laughs> it's the same. It is the same because the only thing I'm concerned about is lighting our story, okay. which is still just Claire. So as as crazy as this sounds, when we're doing something like the club, I'm still only honed in on her. As much as there's like a lot more people there, it's like almost a sports mentality where I don't really see anybody else but her. And I'm only telling that story. So as much as I love y'all dancing and grinding in the background, I still am only lighting the environment for our story and her. And for me, that's, I just don't see everybody else. It's a really strange, like Donnie Darko effect that happens. <laughs> oh my. Sir? Uh, well, I think it, for independent film, well, for any film, I think extras and background, which is going to be really interesting, like transitioning from what we've all been dealing with over the summer into filmmaking in the future. Yeah, that's a or, whole nother podcast. Yeah, or <laughs> having having extras sells your environment, like period. Like if you're watching yeah. an alien movie, having multiple aliens will make us believe you're making an alien movie versus like versus like if you're making a completely normal movie in a normal place, but there's only one person in it there is like kind of an offness to like, why are they in this restaurant completely by themselves? Right. Like, so, but extras do in their own way kind of become, they can become set dressing to a degree. I think it's like where you're, because usually art department people or production designers become very vocal about wardrobe when you start getting into big extra scenes because there's usually less art, there's more people, wardrobe essentially becomes like you're moving background elements which was cool on this because the, yeah. the costume designer Hallie who's my she's my sister she is a costume designer she and I work really well with that like she understands that like it was really the colors that Claire wore despite there were so many we had a ton of people in the club scene there's not one other in anything that color in that club scene because like she has to that is still the story and one thing that I know that Hallie tried to do was actually we tried to find complementary colors of to kind of surround her with to kind of make her glow in a way that wasn't glowing because <laughs> you want to you want to follow her and I think that that's like so for me I think it's exciting because I'm not loading stuff in so that's cool <laughs> <laughs> people loading themselves in and then just putting the right things on them but uh, but it just sells the world it certainly does yeah. Like, you can make, you know, you can make someone's house feel like a restaurant. You can make a the middle of a street feel like a parade. You can just do any of this stuff if you have people. Yeah. So it's one of one of our mentor producers told us like a, a budget and how expensive something looks is also very dependent on how much background and how many, how much good background you have, background mm -hmm. actors, background action, background everything. So having people mm -hmm. behind a frame or a composition or a character is very big to like the story and how expensive it could look. Mm -hmm. So we're thankful everybody in Kansas City got behind this movie because having that amount of background and talented people in the background who weren't just standing still like mannequins all the time. <laughs> Again, um, I, I want to apologize for that. And not <laughs> uh, Wait, I will yeah, look, say though, because I... For genius. He's not a mannequin. <laughs> I have never it. directed a scene with more than like three or four yeah. people before this, though. And but I learned through making this only that um, that 
but it's hard for me. I'm easily overwhelmed, and it's hard for me to only. I'm always thinking about producer things too. I'd like turn to Rob and ask him a question, and he'd be like, "That's not your, our concern right now." I'm like, "What? That doesn't make it disappear from my brain." Um, but with extras, I learned that I didn't have to specifically place them or or direct them. We have a whole team that does these things, but it's definitely just when I'm walking into that day, I was more nervous in general just because there's so many different people. Being around that many people is exhausting. Yeah. Were you more, were you <laughs> more nervous directing, like, the the scene at the club versus the Maybe, like, a more Greg's intimate house? one where maybe special effects are being employed? No, I think I'm more concerned about stuff like that. But with the... I'm not nervous about directing just all the little things that we need and are the extras going to show up are we going to have four people only in the background of the club <laughs> dancing that stuff's just you know we're asking a lot of people which we know so i'm never nervous about them showing up maybe or staying <laughs> but you guys awesome. did and it's awesome it was awesome yeah, it was and awesome. but one of the great things about filmmaking is that you just kind of depend on your team which we also call our family yep. and the people you surround yourself with do a lot not just the i would say the heavy lifting but they want to make you look good because they're all there for the same reason and they yeah. want it to look good. But it's like, I wouldn't call maybe using the word leverage isn't the right word, but everyone kind of leverages to do something a little bit better and then it all works so nicely because they're looking out for you, they're looking out for me, they're looking out for Jill. Yeah. And as that happens, it all just kind of starts to, you know, come together and it's like kind of, that's like the addiction that to like that feeling. Like it all kind of just creatively happening because everyone's looking out for each other it's really awesome that's an awesome thing to have everybody on a team and nobody wants anybody else to fail yeah well because yeah, it's, it's also right. everyone's like own version of art like when right. you have a scene with extras like a club scene uh it, you know some of the other pieces we have several pieces that had of extras it is an art to your production team to be able to like make them like a, like they like get there and they're all excited because they're like yeah i'm gonna make this like group of people over here y'all gonna be getting drinks y'all just came from a whatever guy <laughs> is trying to hit on you i mean it literally is it's it's they're called assistant directors for a reason because that is they are to assist with a lot of the stuff that seems little but it's like but that is their art form yeah and i and i think that's i love watching production people especially someone who like came from the commercial world that's like now on a feature which was a, a you know a good chunk of the the production team that we had on this like it was fun seeing them narratively give background action and then they were so proud of when it was great <laughs> they go over and like tell them it's like that was so great i could tell you were mad at him or whatever like, <laughs> we need to shout out geniuses twerking finally at record bar where we got to shoot Wait, wait. Shout so, out to I, sorry, so wait, hold on, hold on. That's what I was going to apologize. Sorry, my big ass ruined your shot numerous times. It made it I in the movie. Spoiler I alert. Look away. Every time I see it. Every time. Spoiler oh. alert. Oh, Genius is twerking so, in the stylus. Oh, no. Now oh, people no. are like, what is this movie? <laughs> it has twerking? I know. It's this I know serious, you didn't think you would see twerking in the stylus at all, but you will. It's this serious horror movie, and then there's my <laughs> ass jumping around, dancing around like I'm in an old school Nelly video. <laughs> it was a dream of mine to do a club scene, and yeah. <laughs> and I, I ruined it with twerking. 
I don't know if you've ruined it per se, but I'm really, I was already excited to watch the movie, but now knowing <laughs> that I'm going to see one of my best friends do Shit. his thing, yeah, oh boy. I just hope you don't have like a Cannonball Run-esque blooper reel during the credits and just like, <laughs> like in Howling when she like shows her top like multiple times, but just me shaking my ass, <laughs> like just as yes. long as that doesn't. <laughs> we'll release that clip solo. <laughs> on the solo ex- clip. Extra features nope. on the Blu-ray. <laughs> exactly. Oh Easter my. egg. The stylus featuring Twerk Along. <laughs> so here's another question slash observation I had. And I'm an old man at this point, and I need my sleep. And I'm also not going to lie. As soon as I wrapped, so to speak, with my little part that I shot, it was probably about 1 or one thirty. I, I did try to go to sleep there for a little while because Panic Fest was coming up. I, I know I needed my rest. But I know everyone made through the night. My question is to you. How do you adjust for that month of little to no sleep? Because oh, oh wait, hold on. Let me interject you real soon. Real quick. Yeah. You just don't sleep. Let me interject <laughs> something real quick. You think that was bad, okay? After the club scene, these guys all went to the Chiefs parade. <laughs> and I did the not. Chiefs, I did. Yeah, and the Chiefs. I did. It was like, because well, we, start, we started like filming that night at like 7 o'clock, and we got done filming at like 7 in the morning. And then you guys just like, hey. Let's go to the Chiefs Parade. It's on in two hours. And you guys <laughs> fucking made... I was like, you guys are insane. I went home and passed out, and I'm a vampire. Uh, you know, I'm a night owl. But how... Yeah, how do you guys I, I'm, get yourself ready? And how do you guys... Do you guys just continue that sleep pattern? Or you're like, okay, that movie's over. No, I can sleep regular now. Our schedule on this was insane. It was... We weren't... We'd be on... We tr- we we did our best. To, we to, we didn't ever do like overnight to shooting day, obviously, but we had to switch back and forth throughout the month of shooting. Um, and I'm an, I'm not a night owl at all either. So, I, but when I'm in that no, scenario, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> on set I felt fine because we're busy the whole time. I'm not if I'm not like loud. Like if I were to lay down, I'd be out in one second. But um. They get the team would get scared when I would go get coffee at four a.m. because I never drink coffee like ever. <laughs> but I feel like you just get this crazy natural adrenaline and you just somehow yeah. live through it. But it's like insanity for you barely sleep. Yeah, it, it's part <laughs> of that same addiction that Jill mentioned earlier. Just like you get addicted to like just creating and it, you just don't want to go to sleep. It's like a weird feeling. Um, <laughs> It's and then we, when we would have time off, we would all party together and yeah. not sleep. We would get out. We would stop shooting at four a.m. and start partying. Oh, we were in love. We were all in love with each other, the whole team. Yeah, it, it was really. A, it was just a special thing. I mean, for us to even want to be around each other in the off hours. That does. Like I've mentioned to Jill, that does not happen on other productions. But on this one, it was cold outside. <laughs> wet sometimes but we were all like yeah let's let's have a couple of drinks and then four hours later we we're still going but so, we were like, dance partying yeah that's almost a testament <laughs> to what like i mean for what you guys are putting together and the fact that you guys are all gelling well the fact that you guys want to hang out because i during the club scene everybody was happy everybody was just happy to be there the cast the crew the extras everybody was just having a good time so even when like we're sitting there waiting, and it wound up like, holy shit, it's 7 o'clock in the morning. We didn't even realize it because we were just like there happy to be a part of something 
good. And the fact that everybody was enjoying themselves made things even better. And now it's, that's really a testament to you guys. And I think We're it's going to show on the screen. That's just it. I'm, I've always heard, you know, good productions, you can see it translated on screen where you can just tell people are genuinely happy to be there. It's not work. Mm-hmm. It's something you would, would be doing regardless. And I, I know I said crew, but it is truly family. And when you're spending that much time with each other, when you're seeing each other at your most vulnerable and when you have people helping each other out, and that's the thing I love, I think, more than anything is the collaborative nature, but the fact that everyone is there for a goal, to make a good movie. And you, I, I hate it when people shit on movies and blah, blah, blah. And I, no one goes out to make a bad movie. You know, Everyone is out to make something good and productive and meaningful. And again, from the start of it to seeing how you all have put your own input and personality and characteristics into each little bit of celluloid, it's so cool. Mm -hmm. And like I said, getting to know you guys a little bit more now, I can see elements in the film or little bits that you guys have worked on. So like I said, for me, a selfish thing, as a fan, I'm super excited for the movie. Yes, absolutely. But as a friend, as a film family members, like Genius said, I'm so proud. And not even proud. Proud is a very, very simple word. There's something almost with pride that I have knowing all the work that has gone into this film and knowing all the genuinely good people mm-hmm. that are making this. There is something to be said now. Like I said, when anything good happens in this world, I just embrace it because everything's been nasty. So when I heard all the good things about how everything was coming along in the post-production, when I heard the announcement that it was going to be plain, I mean, I stopped people at my work, and I'm working at home, so I had to like email them. I'm like... My friends have made a movie, and it's. I don't care if it's incredible. I don't care if it, I, you guys made something, and I don't know. There's just, again, in this day and age, I'm just so happy and proud of all of you. And I, I know this is usually at the very end, but I wanted to get it now, but congratulations on the stylist. Yes. I just cannot, I, number one, can't wait to see it, I, as first a film, and foremost. Yeah, yeah, as a film fan first, but, and you know, as a film fan, I can't wait. As a friend, I can't yeah. wait. This is an exciting, exciting thing. And I think everybody in Kansas City should be extremely proud. Oh, yeah. Extremely proud and prideful, you know? I mean, like, this is this is the Chiefs parade for genre film fans. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This wow. is... Oh, this, shit. This is because, like saying, following you guys, yeah. knowing you guys, you know, seeing what happened, talking to Eric about just, oh, I, I was just working on a script, you know? And then seeing the short... <laughs> And then, <laughs> you know, and then and seeing everything from like just the basic idea, like man, it's what if we had a killer stylist? You know what I'm saying? To it world premiering at mm. a at a at a, at a renowned film festival. That's fucking amazing. You guys like Thank should you. be y'all so 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 proud and happy because I know that we are for you guys. Yes. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. I can't we, wait for we you are guys very to happy. see it. No, I'm I'm beyond excited for that. Now, here's a question. A lot of good stuff happened, but I, for all three of you, at what was there a point in the film or during the filming? At, was there a point when stuff was happening? Oh, shit, maybe the world's crumbling. You know, <laughs> was there a point that you had to like maybe go to someone else in the family and say, "Hey, get me through this. What are we doing? Why are we doing this? What?" Would, you know, was there a point where you all had to come together at that, or did it just go? Or was there all... something more like something extremely stressful that we were like, or was it all good? <laughs> <There's> all... 
No, we just danced it away. Whatever it was, we just danced it away. Twerkathon. We put it on a piece of paper, and, burned it, and danced it away. <laughs> and danced on the ashes and decided to keep shooting. That is rad. That is rad. Now, we do <laughs> We're have... asking that question. <laughs> oh, no. Well, you know, and again, well, that's, that's, you know, of course, if there's any, you know, adversity, how do you persevere was through it? Was there something that made you want to pull your hair out? Where There's always like, things like that. In, in production, that's it's, nearly every minute. But yeah. The thing is, because you're trying to create something that's just not, it's obviously not real, but then you have your own idea of what it should be, and you're trying to get it as close as you can to that, whether you're working in wardrobe, whether you're directing a scene and trying to get the blocking and look right and the dialogue to happen in the right tone. There will always be that, but then it's just like a constant battle, but like I don't even know if it's really a battle. It's just like a love for making and shaping like the whole thing so totally makes sense yeah was there so something is there times to lean on each other i'd say we were leaning on each other the whole time <laughs> <laughs> yeah was there something but, that sticks uh, out in your mind as like one of the funnier or better or <laughs> a moment where you're like i oh will never God. forget this till the day i die oh my gosh so many on the stylist um one that stands out amongst it Whew, funny moment. Um, I mean, there's funny moments on set, off set. Oh, man. What do you think, Jill? Is there something that stands out? That's what's so hard to figure out. Uh, we constantly were laughing. We were constantly laughing at the scenarios and just, like, what we put ourselves in. I mean, at one point, we had, you know, our good friend Jordan Rio, like, literally sitting on, like, a 100-year-old cellar door <laughs> trying to get a shot. And the whole time I'm thinking, like, if this thing holds, we'll be all right. Or, you know, like, if this door wasn't, you know, built on a Friday, like, hopefully this thing's going to hold his weight. <laughs> built on a Friday. And then you just got to ask yourself, like, am I really, are we doing this right mm -hmm. now? And then you just roll. And then you're just like, we did it. We had cool. two cameras on the whole set. And Jordan, who's another cinematographer from here, he was shooting with us, too, and he would he'll he'll joke about this too that we would put him in all yeah. the like smallest weirdest corner in a, of rooms or like he's in i don't know how many bathtubs we put him in or yeah jordan has this joke if there's like a <laughs> removable ceiling tile he was in it <laughs> suffering for the art i there's a lot of scenes that happen to be in bathrooms in this movie <laughs> and um it was pointed out to me on our first read through August a year ago. And I was like, I never realized it's just like naturally happened. I ended up like, I think removing two of those. But yeah, we did. We did. A lot of them were like bathrooms. It's harder to shoot in a bathroom. We had one bathroom scene where we all had a little bit of a meltdown of like, if we can't get a wide shot of this bathroom, is it going to make sense? And yeah. but we're shooting. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> what no one it has does seen make sense. was a look that no one sold us that yet. We think it does. <laughs> True. Well, we uh, posed a couple of questions out there to some of our listeners, and we do have a couple of questions oh, now. Um, and oh. this actually goes. Uh, you guys mentioned you did have to cut some of the bathroom scenes, but <laughs> was there anything tragically that was left out of the final cut? Maybe something that. You know, Sarah, something you put a little bit more, you know, more of my ass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah unfortunately, they, they cut the 15 ass. minutes of twerking to five. 
Uh, but was there anything in particular that you were you were uh, a little upset that it got cut out, or anything in particular that maybe you were you fought for initially, but in the greater scheme of things? For uh, for me, I feel like it's normally the opposite. As a, I'm gonna speak on, <laughs> on the production designer part for independent filmmaking. Sorry, I keep on running away from the microphone. Um, <laughs> They're not recording that part. Oh, okay. They just need your lovely voice. Okay. Um, I think the what I would tell all, and I have to tell myself this on every movie that I work on. Um, if you are a production designer on an independent film, you don't have a ton of money, and you, it's more important that all of your like seams are fine. Like if you're gonna like this wall is terrible, but we're going to shoot it a lot. I'm going to make it look great. You just need to make sure that that greatness ombres out a little bit because they're going to see that wall and then they're going to see everything else as well. And they're going to use it all because you're on an independent film, like you're on a tight schedule. Just everything's going to be used. So I feel like I never, I rarely am I like, oh, I'm sad that didn't get used. It's more like I am so sad because that got used. So that's more like what? <laughs> because it did get that's, used? Because it did get used. Yeah. <laughs> and so that, that's what, for any aspiring art department person, like, if you're going to, like, band-aid an area, you need, like, a couple extra, let your band-aids fade out so it looks like, oh, they meant to band-aid that. Like, so, but that's what, I have to remind myself of that on every movie. Yeah, I mean that's a good that's a good way of putting it. But for me, it would be like missing out on some of the high pieces that were cut out uh, for certain reasons, um, and I can't probably talk about those <laughs> in particular because they're spoilerish because they're high pieces. But um, yeah, there's different parts of the film that we had that uh, were just fun fringe pieces that uh, will be on the cutting room floor um, that I'll miss. And none of them had to do with bathrooms, but there was a, a couple chase scene pieces that, you know, I thought were pretty fun and the timing of them were really cool, but they will not be in the movie. So that's <laughs> Connected to the situation I think you're talking about, there was a scene in... I'm the bag. I'm the one that fucked up here as far as the writer <laughs> writing this part. We had a scene that we ended up removing in the ed edit room that we talked about removing before we shot and went ahead and shot it anyway. Then realized maybe we shouldn't have shot it in the first place. But um, to me, that's really like the biggest like a thing that's actually not. We just kind of slimmed a lot of stuff down. To me, it doesn't feel like we really removed a lot. Like the bathrooms I took out in the script when we went through it the first time. I'm like, maybe we only need six bathrooms and not ten. I don't know. <laughs> we and we joked that our foreign title would be Lay Bathroom. I don't know. Yeah. Now they're it's going to take off. Another question coming from Jimmy Detroit. Now, this has actually, I know, been a concern with some folks. And I, again, I'm not putting out negative energy here. Um, but are you concerned about people scalping digital copies? And he did put in scalping. <laughs> scalping. That, that's timely, isn't it, Jill? Um, yes. I think you are with every movie. 
because you people out there be stealing movies. Don't do that shit. Pirates walk. If you the like plane. movies, why would you steal them? It Fuck makes right. no sense. <laughs> Especially if you want us to keep making them, please don't do that. And, um, and if I find anybody personally stealing this movie, <laughs> I will. I will. Genius is coming I will after you. Fucking get you. I don't know he how. He's gonna twerk you. Yes. Yes. I'm gonna twerk you to death. I'm gonna be. A, I'm gonna be just like twerk a gram. You will not. Like it follows. It twerks. It twerks. <laughs> We're making it twerks. We just call the rights to that. Copyright. It's all taken care of. Um, a six tape production. <laughs> from from production into post production, then, and you've also kept people along with the ride here. Just a lot of updates and everything. Uh, John Pata. Friend of the show, uh, edited the stylist, correct? Correct. And I think, aka Gene Peta, he wonderful, <laughs> wonderful human being. Um, but uh, oh my goodness, I'm trying to think of where I was going with this. Oh yes, now because we are in a pandemic age at this point, you know, doing the festival circuit. What's that been like, just in terms of submitting to everything and then deciding, uh, you know, ideally if you are selected, where you would, you know, going to be premiering here? What has that process been like? Um. Well, we start we started talking about this back in March. I was already feeling certain that this was going to be going on this long. I'm like, we need to start preparing mentally and emotionally for these festivals not happening, and what are we going to do about it? Um, but back in the spring, we or like early summer, we started to submit to a few festivals because we talked to them and. Everyone is kind of waiting as long as they can to call stuff off, which I understand, mm -hmm. or adapt to whatever that means. So we started to submit anyway, not knowing what any festivals would look like. And I don't even know. We found <laughs> now. how long ago did we even find out that we got in any these festivals? Maybe only like a month a ago. Bit. Okay. Month. Yeah. Really? Um, so this has all happened really fast, and we've been finishing the movie as we're making these announcements, which is horrifying, too. So um, is the film officially in the can? In the can, by a technical standpoint, absolutely. Is it finished? <laughs> no. <laughs> never, never truly finished. It, it, really, it really is never finished, and we call it the 99, like 99% done until it's sold. So uh, we're very close to that 99%. Let's mm -hmm. just say that. So this is the time now to start talking. Where can our listeners? Yeah. Hell where yeah. can they view? We, we've talked about the making, yeah. and we've talked about when it's gonna, <laughs> when we're going to see it. So when are we going to see it? When or where is it premiering? When? It's premiering Saturday, the September twenty sixth at eight p.m. as part of the virtual Fantastic Fest. Yes. Um, and the tickets are free. What? Which is awesome. Free. Um, you just have to reserve one because they're limited okay. and they just went up today oh perfect well then our listeners will be finding out this on tomorrow so that's perfect so we go and go to the fantastic fest and search that and search for the tickets. yeah well or you can just make like go to alamoondemand.com and do it right there search for the film and rent it for free and all of fantastic's fi films are like that so you should look through there I mean, it's a virtual festival. You're at home, yep. like you could be watching a movie every night if you wanted to. I was going to say, I know Jill. You and I basically technically attended Chattanooga. Yes. You're the one that recommended Jumbo to me, and I saw what happens when a girl gets intimately involved with a giant uh, car uh, carnival thing. <laughs> it was the wait. Fuck? Speaking of Jumbo, we're playing 
were international premiering in the same selection or same competition as with Jumbo at the Sieges Film Festival in Spain. Congratulations. Nice. Dude, that's bueno. Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. You worldwide. Shit. You're not kidding. <laughs> well, then also, I understand, um, is it one of the drive-in festivals that it's going to be playing at as well, as well in October? Yeah. This week, we have announced... A crazy amount of screenings. Yes. <laughs> We're screening at the Knoxville Horror Film Festival on Friday, October 23rd at the drive-in. And then Fantastic. Thursday, October 29th, we'll be in Chicago at the drive-in as part of the Music Box's 31 Nights of Terror. That's amazing. And us three will be at that one for sure in Chicago. <laughs> Plus more. Now We have lots of our team... Is from Chicago, thanks to these these two little people up in here. Two little small people. <laughs> now, do you need anyone to uh, a little help on the road trip there? I'm just curious. You know, we do have some roadies here that would like to represent. <laughs> we can be socially distanced and safe. That we can, can happen. We can be your hype. <laughs> I mean, y'all are part of the stylist family, so yeah. you yep. come on. Come on up. up. I'm what? also going to Knoxville. Wait, we announced another screening today. Our UK premiere at Fright Fest on oh. Sunday, October 25th. Awesome! Congratulations. That's fantastic. Dude, Why, Fright thank Fest. you. Between Fireworks, Fright... just keep coming. You're not kidding. Between Fright Fest, music Wait, box, guys, all this. They're going to announce this tomorrow when this is playing. So I'm going to say this too. We're also playing Celluloid Screams, which is in Sheffield, England. Say, also October 25th. <laughs> Um, yes. So there is there is absolutely no excuse for you out there not to be able to experience right? scalpings, amazing production design, cinematography, <laughs> and genius's ass. Wait, shout out to our Kickstarter backers again. You guys yes. will be getting your screening too, soon, too. Info coming soon. Check your emails. Well, like I said, this has been fairly fascinating to watch again from... <laughs> The, you know, the smidgen of an idea from a short into a feature. And, and like I said... you guys have a Kansas City premiere, we will be there. With bells on. Absolutely. Socially distanced, of course. Hell so yeah. Um, I guess then, <laughs> now that this is about to start making the, the festival rounds... The worldwide festival rounds. That's fucking amazing and exciting. I'm <laughs> si I, I mean, really, I'm so... It's hard for me, one, to hold my emotions in check in the first <laughs> place, right? But I am genuinely, I mean, from day one, from the minute you announced you're doing the short, I was just so happy and just so proud of you guys. And, I, and like you said, proud is, is a weird word, but it's that sense of pride, you know, the, the, that my friends are putting out something amazing and wonderful. And like, I cannot truly wait to see this beast that you guys have put <laughs> together. I am so excited to see what Claire brings. Because I'll tell you what. The short made me cry. The short blew me away. And the minute I finished with the short, I was like, I want to see this as a feature. And the fact that I'm going to be able to do that. Thank you, guys. Mm -hmm. Really, thank you, guys. Oh, man. Oh, sh my gosh. Oh, well, <laughs> the tears will be flowing, as will the blood, potentially, <laughs> from all the scalping. But no, sincerely. That's the hope. Oh, and great. Tears yeah. and blood. Happy 250. Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to point out that yeah, this episode 
Technically, it is our 250th episode, and oh yeah. So, well, no, no. What is what's crazy though is again we go back to episode 196 where we had Robert and Sarah come on for the first time, but even before that, Jill <laughs> has been with us for so many episodes. The, <laughs> and if you go back all the way back to episode 32, was the first time 32 Jill came on. Goddamn, 218 and, episodes ago. I I give How this could I pod- be that old? Oh no no no! You're still still young, still young. But <laughs> I give the podcast credit that I wouldn't be able to meet people like you all without this. Again, being just the socially awkward introvert I am, this podcast has given me the opportunity to be involved with you all, and my life has been made better because of that. And thank you, Jill, sincerely for being part of our Nightmare Junkhead film family. For coming down to the basement the first time, and we all joke about the basement, <laughs> but I remember specifically Jill had her little video out going, I'm going to make sure to document me going down. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, seriously, Jill, from Charbar days to here, yeah, I'm so glad to know you. I'm so glad to have met oh, you and be part of it. Kill you me know here. what I'm saying? I mean, really, really. <laughs> Never in a million years would I have expected when seeing that uh, movie. Uh, buddy, buddy, Bible camp <laughs> on that small screen in the middle of Char Bar. Zarbar. Zarbar, Zarbar, Zarbar. <laughs> Zarbar. <All of> the... <laughs> He's I'm, hungry. I'm it's hungry. okay. Um, <laughs> to to you talking about your world UK premiere. Yeah, that's, that's an amazing. It's so amazing, Jill. Seriously, thank you. I don't even know what's happening. That's my line. Wait. <laughs> thank that's, you, guys. That's Jill's hashtag. That's, yeah. I don't know what's happening right now. I don't know what's happening right now. It's a mantra to live by, but we, again, we appreciate you allowing us we a little insight. We appreciate you guys. And yeah. Greg, Thank you're downplaying you. what you did for our movie. Letting us shoot yeah. in your house is a huge thing. Oh, no worries. Like I said, I was just happy to be able to to put, to, you know, again, you utilized that room more than I have in like the past <laughs> five years in one night. So I appreciate that. It made it feel useful. But no, sincerely. I can't wait for people to see what happens in there. Oh, oh, uh, I... Uh, some, some something special happens uh, <laughs> to a friend of ours, but no, sincerely, congratulations on all the work that went into the stylist. And again, um, I'm of course curious to see what you all are going to be involved with next. Mm-hmm. But I also, oh, 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 I saw some uh, mixed. So uh-oh. Can you give us a snippet <laughs> of maybe you know Robert, sir? Anything you guys are working on? Oh man. Let's just say there's something happening, but I don't know that there'll be anything announced till November at this point. So for us and then Jill's needs to be working on some stuff. There's been a lot of really cool things pitched where they just need to all get on paper. Excellent. Yes. Well, you know what, ladies and gentlemen out there, you can make these projects happen by supporting all the independent horror filmmakers that are out there by attending these virtual fests, yeah. viewing the films, um, you know, putting and spreading the message out there, and it, ideally then that's going to be able to fund and fuel creative outlets for you all, which I cannot wait because I've seen what you all can do, and it's incredible. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see what you all get to do with an even bigger budget, and of course I know that's the goal of everything, but even what you guys did with what you... It's incredible. So I'm, I'm, ready, I'm ready for your Marvel movies. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready for uh, Claire being Iron Man. We're oh ready my. too. That'll work. <laughs> so um, I don't know if that's where Claire's going in life, <laughs> but maybe. 
no, when we part get Claire in space, in space. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's Claire in, yeah, part Claire takes Space stylist. Claire X. <laughs> I can totally dig that. Now, if anyone wants to keep up to date with the stylist, where can they go to for that? We're um, at the stylist film on all the social medias. <laughs> and I do keep all our screenings up to date on my website, sixtape.com. Perfect, perfect. So, Robert, Sarah, thank you so much for zooming in with us. I know you're not in the room with us, but it was almost like you were here. It's and always good to see you guys. It really, re- like, it really is. Thank you, and thanks for having us. And congrats on 250. That's pretty amazing. The big 250. Oh no! Are, congratulations on an amazing feature fucking right. film. <laughs> oh my goodness, <laughs> that is oh that I. You guys I, you, haven't you, seen you guys it are, yet. You Wait. guys are worldwide. <laughs> we're just wide. And of course, <laughs> thank you, Jill, as always, for gracing our presence, being the amazing goth gangster G-G-P. princess, and we we toast libations t- of rap snacks to you. And also, the tiara is back, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. That <laughs> is news of itself. So I know next week we're going to be closing out our month of uh, shark shenanigans with a little Italian treat called Cruel Jaws. So check out the stylist. Whether you're in the UK, you know what. In the in the in the stylist shop, no one can hear you scream. There you go. So until the next time, this is Greg D. <laughs> I'm Genius McGee. And we will see you in your dreams. Rap snacks. Rap snacks.